This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. Today, we're talking about summer driving, and we're here to help steer you in the right direction. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. If I can get untongue-tied. You can do it. Tongue untied. That's it. (laughs) What's been going on with you, Coach? Just staying busy. That's all I can say. Just staying busy. It's summertime, you know. It's summertime, and we're going to talk about summertime driving. I don't know. You know what? I thought this morning, I don't know if it is per se summertime. I don't know if that first day of summer that sits on the calendar has come yet, but I know the temperature outside says that it is. <laughs> but it could be worse. It's a lot comfortable now without the humidity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. It could be worse. Let's not, let's hope for no humidity for the entire summer, all the way up until October. Well, we better move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to light some seance candles on that one. I hear that. I'm going to light some of that. Coach, I'm just glad to be here again with you this week. And listen, what has happened in the last week, and I wanted to ask you about first off, did you ever get to play with Hot Wheels as a kid, the toy? That was my go-to toys. I loved Hot Wheels. Really? Yes. Of course. Of course and you loved Hot little, Wheels. All the tracks that we had, we, we just put a whole room of tracks together and we just played and played. Yeah. Did you have a lot of Hot Wheels? Did have a lot of Hot Wheels. You got to understand that we had, <laughs> I come from a family with uh, five Seven brothers and two sisters. Yeah, you told me this so this morning. There was nine of y'all. Of, that was nine of us. That's a lot of toys. So you got probably hand, hand-me-down Hot Wheels. Oh, yes. Okay. Always go to the store and try to buy one. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a new show on, and I thought of you when I seen it, and I was like, I wonder if Coach ever played with Hot Wheels. It's called Hot Wheels Ultimate Challenge. Now, 16 contestants compete to transform cars from their past into life-sized Hot Wheels of their dreams in hopes of winning a life-changing cash prize and seeing their cre- creation made into a Hot Wheels die-cast toy that anyone could buy. I'm saying that. Would you Would you enter this challenge, Coach? I would enter the challenge if I had the place to uh, fabricate because that it, they're just awesome. Hot Wheels have always been awesome, and they always made a – seemed like you had those different types, anything that came out. If it was anything with Marvel, the comic books, or anything that – was cool came yeah. out of Hot Wheels. Yeah, that's pretty Coach, cool. Coach, if you could make a car out of anything, yeah. a Hot Wheel out of anything, what would you make? Right. You know, I'd like a 63 uh, Fairlane. Okay. Galaxy 500 Fairlane, and I'd raise it up, and it would be okay. nice. Oh, okay. Ah, he's modded it? Let's what go. Color, what color would it be? Blue. Baby blue. Okay. Come on, Coach. Baby blue with dark blue seats. Well, I'm going to watch. Okay. I'm okay. going to watch the show to tell you if if anything looks good on there. I'll uh, tell you, Coach. Let me know. <laughs> now, what would you, Jermaine? What would if you could turn any car into a Hot Wheel? What would you? I mean, I only have one dream car that sits in my head. It's that. It's the Ford Bronco. Um, unfortunately, the one that OJ drove, but with the top blowed off purple. 
I, I guess. We so it's could, not the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're not it, driving the I, same one that I would AC raise it. Drove. Yeah, I would raise it, put it on monster truck tires, blow the doors wow. off wow. of Y'all it. Y'all both raising it up. Okay. Blow, <laughs> blow the doors what off. What is going of on? It. Okay. And the top off of it, and, and yeah. has some good sound. Speed bumps not needed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's a good day, though. It's a good day to talk cars today. And we're talking about summer driving. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Now, Coach, I know we'll get into everything that has to go into summer driving. But, of course, you know, I got a little bit of a description. And then we'll go to our phones. Snow, rain, and ice are common cold weather threats to driver safety. But summer brings with its own set of dangers. For drivers, the added traffic of summer vacationers is just part of the increased risk, construction, sun glare, and unpredictable weather patterns all add to that danger. Now, summer and fall are the most dangerous times of years for drivers, with July and August being the deadliest. More drivers are on the road during that time, which increases the likelihood of collisions. And extreme heat can take a toll on vehicles. It can lead to tire blowouts and can affect your vehicle's braking ability. It causes your engine to overheat more easily and places increased stress on just about every mechanical function your vehicle performs. And we're going to get into some of those functions, right, Coach? We're going to get in and we're going to learn a whole bunch about it today. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Let's go to the phones first before we get into our summer driving topic. We've got Francis on the line in Natchez. Francis, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, Coach. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first off, I want to t- I call about uh, a few weeks ago and I was telling you that my cheap friend used that Epsom salt in the battery. Well, he's still driving it from Natchez to Woodland and back every day, and it starts like a champ. <laughs> well, maybe he needs to go into the business then, uh, revamping <laughs> batteries with Epsom salt. Okay, but uh, the next uh, thing is I noticed my temperature gauge was getting, you know, was going past the halfway mark. And uh, I uh, first assumed that it was the fan, the radiator fan wasn't coming on. So I unplugged the harness right at the fan, and I wasn't getting any fire to the uh, fan. So I backed back up into the vehicle. And the next thing that I tried was the relays. Uh, The relays that said radiator fan, I took them out and got two more relays and put them in, and uh, still wasn't getting any fire at the uh, fan. So that pushed me back to the heat sensor. And uh, I kind of like wallowed that hole out, putting it in. But I got a tap, a create tap, and tapped it. And uh, it's going in pretty good now. But the question here is, I talked with a, a guy at a machine shop here in Natchez and asked him uh, what, you know, what he recommended. He recommended uh, Permatex Shellac Compound. And how do you feel about that? Well, are you going to keep the car for a long time? Uh, uh, not really. If you're not going to keep it for a long time, what you could do on that, take you some uh, JB Weld, put that sensor in there, and it's not going to come out. Well, I did research on JB Weld. It doesn't react too good to antifreeze. Well, you got the different uh, compound types of uh, weld that you could use. There are some that will uh, interact with oil and antifreeze. Uh, they make, uh, I think, two or three different types of JB Weld. And you need to get one for aluminum anyway, not uh, the steel. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah uh, or okay. you could get, uh, 
if the hole is where the fitting is tight, where the sensor is tied in there, you could get some Loctite, and you could put that in there as well. Okay, but have you ever heard of the uh, Permatex uh, shellac compound? I've not heard of that. I've not used it before. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Francis, for giving us a call. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We're going to go to Jim in Ocean Springs. Jim, you are on with Coach Charlie. Hey, Jim, you're on with Coach Charlie. Thank you. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. What's your question? Okay, so I have a 2014 General Motors SUV. I bought it as new and been driving it for, what, eight or nine years. Uh, I did have a coolant leak a few years ago that was placed under warranty. They did work under warranty to fix that. So that's the only thing that's been done regarding to this. When I was driving back from Florida, it was a long drive, about 10 or 12 hours, and I had pull off the road to get uh, get some coffee, got back on, and the road was basically stop-and-go traffic. They were paving, and my thermostat went all the way over or the meter went all the way to the right and started yelling at me, complaining, saying, we've got to fix this right away. I couldn't get off the road, so I pulled off the side, opened up the hood, and saw that the reservoir was empty, and the car was hot, of course. And I managed to get the lid off of the reservoir. It was it was dry, and I was kind of luck that somebody fortunately gave me a, a bottle of water, a half gallon of water, to put in there to cool it off. It was fine. I got it, got the water in there, was able to drive the car. I noticed that after I got going, the coolant, the meter now was completely cold, absolutely wet. Never moved up off of cold. So to me, that was a thermostat issue or at least a sensor issue. So when I got back home, another hour or I guess 100 miles more, I called the dealer in the morning and took the car in, uh, expecting them to replace a thermostat. Um, they took they, they they took all day basically, but did replace it, and also a whole bunch of other hoses and stuff. The bill was close to eight hundred dollars, kind of expensive. So, all right, I, I was happy the dealer fixed the problem, although it was expensive. But two days later, the problem occurred on a very short trip, seven miles, and so of course went back to the dealer, and they said, oh, it's the reservoir. You replace the reservoir. So my question is basically, with these symptoms, did they replace the wrong thing to start with? Well, the first thing they should have found out where the leak was coming from, because like say, if you were, if there was no coolant in the system, that means the coolant, it had a leak somewhere. That would have been the first thing I would have done, pressure tested the system and see where there was leak at. Then... You would go to most likely, if it stays cold now, then you would most likely go to the thermostat. Okay, they probably had to replace the thermostat housing at the same time because either it was at the top where you could get to it or on the uh, side of the engine. But they probably had to replace the housing because a lot of the thermostats now are in the housing themselves and they come with the housing. Yeah. So really what they should have done is went through really a check is like say pressure tested it, see where that water was going to or that coolant and then went from there. You know, if I don't know if they did that, they just they kept the car a long time and they just didn't repair it. But 
repair didn't last two days, so that was the question I had. Really. So if it didn't last, if the repair didn't last two days, I'd take that son gun back to him <laughs> and say, "Hey, you need to re-diagnose this thing, refix it, and I'm not paying you no more money." <laughs> because, like I say, if you paid eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. to get it fixed the first time, they should have fixed it. That's true. I Sounds agree. like they ain't fixed and it yet. <laughs> That's true. Well, it's fixed now. It's been a, been a couple of months, and it's been no problem. But the, the, what they did the second time was to replace the the reservoir, you know, up the top where you can see it, and uh, it cost me eighty dollars to do the reservoir, which that's just fairly minor expense. But I thought they should have covered that since they didn't fix it right the first time. I say that might have been the problem in the first time where the reservoir had a crack in it and it was leaking out of the radiator because the radiator goes to that reservoir. When it gets cold, it goes in, it changes back and forth to that coolant reservoir, and it comes out. So they should have done that the first time. Yeah. Once again, pressure testing the system. Uh, put a pressure test on the system <laughs> where you can know where the coolant was coming out of. All right, Jim, well, did that story, help? That helps. Well, I guess uh, the story I got was that the damage to the reservoir happened when the car was hot, but it somehow didn't show up until after they repaired it. Is that reasonable? No. I haven't complained to them, but this is, I've done all my work with the dealer there in the car for nine years, and... I'd like to trust them, but I'm not too sure I do now. Yeah, that, that's it, you know. First of all, you got to look at it and be realistic. If it had no cooling in it, it went somewhere, and the only way it could go yeah. somewhere is it had a crack or a leak somewhere. So yeah, I understand that, but the the problem with the symptom with the the meter going fully hot and then fully cold. What is what is that? What is I don't know how the meter works here. Yeah, it's the uh, temperature. And like I say, the temperature uh, as the uh, meter, the gauge would go from hot to cold and then it went back to cold itself, that just means that yeah. the thermostat was completely open and it needed to be replaced. Right. So that's what I thought. So I was not complaining about the thermostat replacement. I looked it up on YouTube and it didn't seem something I could do myself. So I took it to the dealer and I was unhappy with the price, but I was very unhappy with the fact that the repair didn't hold. Now, you can go to the uh, customer service of GM customer service in the owner's manual and call the manufacturer and talk to customer service and see what they can do for you. They may just refund your money. Well, I'd like to get you know, at least the 80 bucks. I don't think I should have been paying. I, I think they should have made the fix correctly the first time they didn't. They should have not charged me additional because they didn't fix it right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They would probably uh, work with the dealer and get your money back for that repair. Okay, right. thank you very much. Thank you. Jim, thank you. Thank you. Well, Coach, there's another issue I hope you helped. <laughs> Coach, can you walk folks through what you just said? Again, for folks that jump in late or maybe don't listen to the show every week, you just said a big thing. Like, you can go into the back of your owner's manual and use – the manufacturer as leverage against your local dealership if they're jerking you around, basically, is what you said. Yeah, you could go uh, – a lot of the problems, the dealer does not want to – the manufacturer themselves don't want to hear all these problems. And right. So what they do, they have a customer relationship hotline. You call the customer relationship hotline, and they will they will start uh, – Matter of fact, they will open a ticket and they will start researching and go back to the dealership and ask them why this happened and why didn't you find it the first time. And then they'll get back with the customer. And at that moment, they can come to a agreement. And a lot of times the manufacturer makes the dealer take care of the situation the correct way. 
Because you're still a client of the manufacturer. Right. Because and they they're worried about you. They're worried about you. and They, they advocate on your behalf. You're the relationship of a car. Uh, you're their PR. That's, that's important right. to know. Uh-huh. It is. That's an important mm-hmm. step. That's that's power a car owner has that you never hear about. And a lot of people don't know that. And she just, you know, and plus, even you have a chance to go to arbitration. If they can't fix your vehicle, just say you got a vehicle that was not up to par and you drove it 10 or 12,000 miles, you can go to arbitration where you have a group of people come in and listen to the problems and they will buy that vehicle back. So it's kind of like like lemon laws to a certain extent, but different. Right. Uh-huh. You know, and so you do have power as a, a consumer, but you got to know where to look. Yeah, that's very interesting. The back of the manual. That's right. Go there. (laughs) I mean, it's something they don't advertise, of course, because they don't want a bunch of they don't want a bunch of open tickets. Right. (laughs) So that's important that, you know, coaches out here telling folks they got that power. They got that power. They ain't advertising it. Good tip, coach. Good tip. We're going to get into some summer driving tips, too. If you've got a question, you can send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about summer driving between your questions. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find Find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's a recent recall. Ford has issued a recall for more than 175,500 of its Bronco SUVs over an issue with the front seat belts that can make it difficult to buckle up. Affected vehicles include model year 2021 to 23 five-door Bronco SUVs. The issue is with the driver and the front passenger seatbelt latch plates, which may be difficult for occupants to access when in a stowed position. Difficulty in accessing seatbelts may result in occupants not wearing them, increasing the risk of injury in the event of a crash. To resolve the issues, dealers um, will add a sliding clip latch stop to the driver and front passenger seatbelts. At no charge to the owner, Ford will begin notifying owners June 30th, but those with further questions can contact the automaker. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NH. TSA.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN or you can find their safer car app. We're talking about summer driving. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Before we go to Chris and Hernando coach, we actually got a little bit of information about Permatex from Francis's call. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, the Permatex, uh, when you talked about the shellac compound, that is for gaskets like a head gasket or maybe you put an on uh, valve cover gaskets, you could use that compound. But what I was listening from you, it sounded <laughs> like that you had to make the hole bigger uh, where the sensor went in and you had to have something to fill in that space uh this shellac compound will not fill in that space uh but if you use jb weld i've used jb weld on uh, many things on automotive and antifreeze has never affected it whatsoever okay okay well thanks jay for pulling that for us he pulled the permatex for us <laughs> i didn't know what it was and jay gave me a picture there's a whole picture of that bottle on the back coach. that's right <laughs> let's go to chris and hernando chris you are on with coach charlie hey coach thanks for taking my call i've got a problem with oil in my coolant on a dodge charger it's got two hundred thousand miles and i've cleaned i've cleansed the motor but 
I'm using uh, Blue Devil, but the problem I'm not, I'm trying to figure out how to introduce the sealant back into the coolant system to uh, heal the uh, head gasket, but I'm going to be coming through the recovery tank, and I don't know how to introduce it evenly, as it says on the instructions. Well, what are you going to do on there? You have an upper radiator hose and you have a loader radiator hose on that. Really, it has to be on most vehicles that the coolant is forced out of the upper to the radiator and from the radiator from the lower back into the engine. So now what you could do on that one, you know, you have your sensor at the top, your coolant sensor. You could take that coolant sensor out and pour it through that coolant sensor. Does that be at the back of the motor? Uh, it could be at the back of the motor. It may be over there uh, by the thermostat. And now there's nothing. You take the thermostat out and put it in the thermostat. Do that away. Yeah, I couldn't. I've, I've had. I've taken the thermostat out in order to clean the motor, but it's it's where it's at. It's. I don't know how I would get there with it operating to put it in. Right now, let me tell you about that Blue Devil. Once you, I've used okay. that several times. If that head gasket is so blown, it may not repair it. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the motor's running fine, never burned oil or anything. And it and so when it when it happened, I just had it had all of the belts and hoses replaced and all that. So it, 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 it's worth a try. Motor never. Yeah, that's kind of my thought too. It's it's, it's not worth throwing the car away until I do. Yeah. But, but I, I it won't it won't pull that back into the recovery tank. Let me ask you a question. Can you cut the vehicle off, let it cool, take that uh, sensor out, that coolant temperature sensor out, pour it down into the engine, and then crank the vehicle back up? I could try that. I hadn't looked at the back side of the motor where that, where the, so it's where the recovery tank would, would go in the back side of the motor. Right, or where yeah. you may, another good thing that you could think about, the heater hoses are on the side of the motor, coming out of the side of the motor. Uh-oh. Oh, that's a good idea. You can yeah. do the same thing with the heater hose. Just raise it up, put it, pour it down in there. That'd be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. All right, super. I'll give that a shot. Thanks. But, Enjoy your show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for giving us a call. Coolant, Coach, that's an important thing to check during summer driving. Well, you know, a lot of people think, well, coolant's just for the um, – Wintertime, coolant is a mixture of antifreeze and water. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is what coolant – coolant is just not antifreeze. Right. Coolant is a mixture of both of them, and it has freezing quantities and properties in it, and it does have cooling properties. Okay, that's why your engine can go up to 212 degrees and doesn't destroy the engine mm-hmm. because of the coolant you have in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you do straight water, especially during the summer, it works in the wintertime, straight water in the summertime, it's going to rust those engines on okay. the inside of it. If you have a still water pump, it's going to get rusted, uh, and you, you have rusty water all in your uh Radiator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So cooling is very important. Sometimes, though, can water be used, I guess, in an emergency situation if you don't have coolant? Emergencies, yes. Okay. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. It, especially on a summertime driving, if you're driving down the highway and your vehicle is a little bit older, I would always carry a gallon of coolant or a gallon of water in my vehicle mm-hmm. just for those problems. Because you never know, uh, as our caller said earlier, he had to have the uh, heater, uh, the coolant system fixed because it had a leak. Well, what happens on GM? He had a GM that was nine years old. Well, GM makes heater fittings on it that are made out of this stuff called Bakelite. Okay. And that's what it does. It bakes, and then it gets cool. It bakes again, and you touch it, it crumbles. 
Oh, okay. And you can be driving down the highway uh, on an older vehicle, and those uh, fittings just crumbled. Crumble. And now you're in trouble. Make sure you get that coolant for the so summer. So you want to make sure that you have uh, extra bottle of coolant or water while you're driving during the summer. Right, right, right. Do the hoses, is that something to check during summer driving as well? Well, if you think about it, if you're talking about summer driving, everything needs to be checked for summer. The hoses, they can collapse, they can get soft. A lot of these things that happen you notice them in the summer and you just let them go and then you start doing it in the wintertime which is when you have your problems. And a lot of these like hoses and belts and all, you need to check all that before you get on the road, especially if you're going on a long trip, uh, that you need to make sure that you have those checked. Right. Belts, hoses. Now, battery is one of these things. Um, a lot of times people open the hood, they look at the battery, it's corroded, it's green, it has white powder all over it. Well, all that is acid, mm-hmm. okay? Either the battery's got hot, you know, because in the summertime, the battery gets hot. And a lot of times, uh, from the heat of the engine and the battery itself, if that battery's going bad, it's going to start swelling, mm-hmm. okay? It starts putting out gases, and these gases, they go right to the battery post. Right. And they corrode it, and now you're driving down the road, you're stopping somewhere, you turn the key, it doesn't crank up. Yeah. And the reason it doesn't crank up because it can't get a connection because of the corrosion. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you clean that corrosion off before you go on a trip just to make sure that you're not going to have a problem starting the car. Right. It's scary. That's scary if you don't, you know, you're going on a trip and you haven't looked underneath your hood yet. Right. Well, there's so many people that get out there, they get in the car, they turn the key, and that's all they do. They turn the key, it cranks up. And that's it. They I'm raising my hand. You know, oh, coach, I'm raising my hand. I'm th- sorry. I was thinking about the motor oil. You know, um, people drive vehicles and they never change the motor oil in it. They never check the oil. And next thing they come and say, wow, there's something wrong with my vehicle. It's making noise. Well, the first thing a mechanic should do is go and pull the dipstick <laughs> and you don't see no oil in it. Then, you know, you have a problem. You're a compassionate, though, mechanic. You wouldn't laugh at me. You would just laugh at me on the inside. No, I'd probably <laughs> I'd probably score you just a little bit because you should know it. But the thing is, yeah. if your parents and somebody's not out there teaching you, yeah. and by me being an automotive instructor for 20 years, teaching it to students, well, they didn't know when they got there, but they sure knew it when they left. Mm-hmm. So it made them a better person for their automobile to work better when they left. You're right about that, Coach. And rest right. their life. You're right about that. Quick question before we go to break. Air conditioning. Um, some reason, every time the summer hits, my air acts like it doesn't want to get cool. What is that? Well, that's another thing. Air conditioner, a lot of people don't notice it in the wintertime, but we do use air conditioner in the wintertime. Every time we cut our defroster on, that's the air, air conditioner comes on. Okay. Every time. Okay. But they don't even notice that. Because they think that heat is going to warm that wind up. Well, really, it's air conditioning working, too, because if you put solid heat on a windshield that's frozen and you have a crack in it, what happens to that crack? It gets bigger. It gets bigger because now you're expanding it with the heat. Air conditioners, we have several different type of Freons. Uh, there are still some vehicles out there with R12. Okay, You can't buy that nowhere else. Uh, you had to convert those over to 134A. And then now we got uh, a different 123CF, mm-hmm. uh, a different type of uh, Freon yeah. on the newer vehicles. But you talk about the ones not cooling. Uh, a lot of people get a vehicle that says, well, it cools on one side, it's warm on the other side. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a sign of low Freon. Okay. Okay. 
got to have Freon in it. But if you're having to put Freon in the vehicle, you have a leak. Okay. That means it's dissipating. It's disappearing out of the system. You need to find the leak. If not, you're going to be doing the same thing. Right. And that leak gets bigger and bigger every time. And you need air conditioning down here during the summer in your vehicle. You know, you can go row down four and go 60 miles an hour. You can have that one. But if you want to be cold, you better have some good Freon in that system. Yeah. Make sure sure you check check it. Make sure you check that. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about summer driving. Is your, well, that's not it. But (laughs) what's in the news? (laughs) What are the most fuel efficient cars? I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, what are the most fuel efficient cars? This is great for summer, especially if you're summer driving and you need to save money on gas. So here's a list of some gas only cars with the best gas mileage. This is gas only with the best, best gas mileage. Mitsubishi Mirage, 364339. That's city highway um, combined. So you get about 39 miles per gallon out of that. Hyundai Elantra combined, um, 37 miles per gallon. The Honda Civic is giving you 36 miles per gallon. Kia Rio, 36 miles per gallon. And Toyota Corolla combined, 35 miles per gallon. I love little cars. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little car lover. I had a Chevy Aveo, and that baby got me at least 32, 34. At least 32. 34. Ooh, it was so nice. So nice. And I would it, I would pull up to the gas pump and people would be like, I know you ain't putting nothing but $10 in there. And I'd be like, I sure am. Well, you can't put $10 in there now. <laughs> I know. It's, it'll it'll be, be more like 25. 20. It'll be more like 20. <laughs> Back out to the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So here's some gas electric hybrids with the best gas mileage. This is gas and electric. So that's the hybrid version. Toyota Prius gets you 57 miles per gallon. Hyundai Elantra Hybrid, 54 miles per gallon. Kia Nero Hybrid, um, 53. Uh, Toyota Camry Hybrid, 52. And the Hyundai Sonata Hybrid, 52. I've never done the well, ele- gas electric hybrid. Well, the only thing I think about a hybrid vehicle there mm-hmm. is that you can run around town. It doesn't, the engine doesn't come on until you're a certain miles per uh miles per hour and oh so you're not using no gas but on the highway you're using gas okay okay so are those hard maintenance cars yes it is because all the people all the technicians are not trained to work on them right now okay because you got a high voltage side and you got a internal combustion side mm-hmm. so there's two different sides to that vehicle mm-hmm. i know you can do it though coach. Yeah. oh yes <laughs> plug-in hybrids with the best gas mileage so this is fully um plug-in um this is including the lexus nx 450h plus that's 84 
miles per gallon. Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid, 82 miles per gallon. Hyundai Tucson Plug-In Hybrid, 80 miles per gallon. Hyundai Santa Fe Plug-In, 76. And the Volvo V60 Recharge, 74. And then we got an email, Coach, from Julie St. Romains, and I thank her for this email. She sent the new Ram electric pickup truck, which won't drop, I think, until 2024, can go up to 500 miles on a charge. That's good. So that tops the whole list. Hey, they're working it out. If they can work that out. (laughs) Well, we are talking about summer driving. Make sure you email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Craig. He is on the line. Craig, you are on with Coach Charlie. I'm talking about air conditioner compressors on cars. Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, When you use your air conditioner and you won't, and it's too cold and you turn the thermostat up warmer, so to speak, does that mean your air conditioner compressor is is cycling on and off less, or are you just adding heat to the to the air conditioner? What they have done on these newer cars, especially they they know how longer the clutch is always turning on the air conditioner itself, and what they have done they put a switch on the air conditioner a like an aval that adjusts the coolant that's going through that uh, compressor. Okay. So as they adjust the coolant, that means they can conge- uh, they can control how much cold air they're putting through that system. So you're you're saying that the compressor cycles in, on and off less than it, yes when you do that right when you turn the warm up you know right the, the clutch is the clutch is always turning on the front of that on these new vehicles the clutch you know used to you had them where the clutch would go on and off. Now the clutch is always turning, and they're using an internal switch in order to change the level of coolant going through the system. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Craig, thank you for giving us a call from Grenada. Thank you, Craig. Um, Coach, that's a good tip. I love all your tips. How about this one? We've got an email, and this goes along with summer driving, oil change email. This is coming from Luke. He says, I've seen several different oil change mileage between changes recommendations from several different places. The window sticker, the oil change shop has says 5,000. The manual says 6,000. And there are oils at auto parts stores that say protects for 10,000 between oil changes guaranteed. Can you shed some light on how the 10,000 oil change can claim so long between changes? And can a filter last that long? That's coming from Luke. Well, the thing, the manufacturers have changed the oil formulated the oil differently. They have formulated the change in the manufacturer of the filters. Uh, Understand what a filter is. A filter, it's just like an air conditioner filter. It just filters uh, debris coming through there. Okay. If the oil formulation has been changed, that means that it may have some kind of disbursements. It may have where the dirt uh, goes down to the bottom of the oil pan and all. But if you think about the oil itself, the manufacturer has a oil change interval. And that oil change interval is for normal driving. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're driving in dirt, you're driving a lot of stop and go, yeah, you may change your oil uh, at a different intervals. Mm-hmm. But the manufacturer has a interval of normal driving when that oil should be changed. Uh, that's a good uh, question because my daughter, she was taking her vehicle to go have the oil changed on it. And she says, well, dad, uh, it says 10,000 miles. My light just came on mm-hmm. and I've been driving the vehicle for nine months. 
Okay, so she's been driving the vehicle for nine months. She just got 10,000 miles on it, and this is her first oil change. Yeah. Now, why do you think a manufacturer can say that I can give you two, two years free maintenance? They're going to change her oil twice. Right. You know. Between those two years. Right. Right. Because if you go 20,000 miles, you got two oil changes. Yeah. Well, they can give you two oil changes. Yeah. That's 150 bucks. Yeah. You know, so when you think about the oil formulation, how they have changed the oils, you know, everybody thinks about Quaker State motor oil. Yeah. And Quaker State motor oil was... Uh, Back in the 70s was a motor oil that gummed the engines up that destroyed the engines. Okay, so now the manufacturers, you would always see commercials with Castro motor oil and all these different ones. They could crank the vehicle up and drain all their oil out and let it run. The engine would sit there and run, Mm -hmm. and the Castro would run the longest. Right. Okay, because of the formulation of what how they refined the oil. Okay. And engines have changed as well. Okay, okay. Okay. Boss just came in and said they used to call it Caker State. <laughs> Caker State, that was it. It would be thick. You would take the uh, valve covers on it, and you would think you had a whole bunch of burnt toast up underneath that uh, valve cover. I think I'd have sold the company, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Quaker State's still around. Like, they just pressed through. They're like, it's okay. It's motor oil. People are still buying it. <laughs> well, they have, once still again, forget. <laughs> changing the formula and changing the way that that oil, because they were literally just putting pure crude oil in the can. No, that's no, not. And they didn't have the additives. Now they got additives and all that. It's not made for all that friction, right? Right. And then you got, so the engines have changed. And, you know, like my little Toyota has 382,000 miles on it. Bang. You know, for a little Toyota. And that's a 2,000 model engine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Coach, I've heard people say, uh, they say 3,000. And then I've heard some people say, nah, you can, you can go 10. Between oil changes. What, what, what do you think? What, who do we trust right thing to, to coach? So the guy he's saying, of course, the oil shop saying five on his sticker, then the manual saying six, and then that oil says it's guaranteed 10. Go by the manufacturer. If the manufacturer says that you ain't got to have an oil change every 10,000 miles and something happens to that engine and you can show that you changed your oil yeah. at their recommendation, yeah. then it's on them. You know, there's that book again. It's like your backbone, uh-huh. right? Well, that book because once again, what the manufacturer, it's just like these aftermarket warranties. Okay. They will cover a lot of that stuff in that engine, but if you ain't changed that oil per manufacturer, mm-hmm. they're not going to cover it. Nor should they. You know, but if you're, just say if you're doing a lot of four-wheeling, you're going to change that oil more often than 10,000 miles because you're getting dirt and water all up in there. You don't, you know, I'd change it every thirty-five to 5,000 miles if I was four-wheeling all the time. Right. But, so, like, if I change the oil in my car every 3,000 miles, like, I never smell it. Should, should you wait until you start to smell it, or is that too long? Most vehicles today have a light that comes on and tells you when to change your oil uh-huh. because people don't change their oil. So the idiot light comes on and says, hey, <laughs> so it just it's it senses when it's when it's time. It tells it when it's time. And it's going by mileage. Uh-huh. All the vehicles are going by mileage of how many miles you got on that vehicle. If the manufacturer said 10,000, guess what? There's a piece of software in that computer at 10,000 miles. That light's going to come on and says oil change uh-huh. every time. My wife, she had a Mercedes, was 13,000 miles. Okay, so, all right, I parked my car this morning. I'm, I'm 6,000 miles past three. <laughs> so I'm at nine right now. And I just, this morning when I parked it, for the first time, I could smell a little, that little burnt oil smell. I was like, hmm, did another 1,000 miles, or is it time to go do it now, coach? Did you pull the <laughs> dipstick out to smell it, or did you just oh, smell no, it? Oh, no, no, no. Well, you just smell it, that means there's an oil leak. 
Because you oh, should. Well, no, Coach, I don't want that. Put that back. You, uh, nope, nope. You no. brought it up. No, you, should coach, never, <laughs> you should never smell oil because the only way you smell oil is that it's coming out of the engine and it's burning somewhere. That means it could be on the exhaust manifold, could be on the intake manifold, or it could be dripping out of the back of the engine. So you never want to smell oil. Okay. Because bad, yeah, hold that manifold bad. up and put it back. That's, that's bad. It. That's bad, Jay. Never want to smell oil. And oil changes are important for summer driving. Why, Coach? Well, once again, this would be a good time to check that oil and get that oil changed if you haven't changed it. If that light hasn't come on and you don't know if the light's working or you haven't looked in the uh, owner's manual to see when it's time to change the oil, go ahead and change it. Start again. Make sure you have enough oil in that vehicle. That way you can make it to the beach and back. back. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can never get in trouble for changing your oil too early, is what you're saying. Never. That That is never a bad move. My That's po- never a bad move. I, well, my pocket's in trouble. Your pocket costs, well, right, it costs money, but like for <laughs> but your yeah, car, it's you never going to hurt your car to change the oil. Nah, if you want to change it at 3,000, you know, some people are relig- religiously, they change it every 3,000 miles, no matter what. Because that's what they were taught when they were young. That's what they were taught when their daddy said, hey, this is when you change your oil. Yep. And now the manufacturer says, you don't have to change your oil that much no more. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, better safe than sorry, but you will be broke being super safe. No. <laughs> <laughs> that vehicle will keep running. Though. Right. It will keep running. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Pickup trucks can get very expensive, especially with the fancy off-road packages, but not the one we have this week. The 2023 Ford Maverick Trimmer Edition. The Maverick is Ford's entry-level pickup truck. It comes based as a hybrid. But the one we have this week has a 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder with 250 horsepower and 277 pound-feet of torque. The little truck will move out 0-60 in 6 seconds and still really good gas mileage. 20 miles per gallon the city, 24 on the highway. But with the Fortified off-road, off-road package, this has a 1-inch lift for 9.4 inches of ground clearance. It also has a drive mode selector, so you can really configure this vehicle to do some pretty serious off-roading if you want to. But it also looks really cool. It's got spray and bed liner. You can get all the mulch in the back of it, and it's just really a joy to drive. So let's talk about price, because it's also pretty affordable. So the Maverick starts under $23,000. This one, all in, $32,660. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, so we're talking about uh, summer driving. The heat destroys a lot of things during the summer. It's just good to go through and get you a checklist, check everything that's mechanical in that car. If it's tires, brakes, uh, filters, air conditioner, cool it. Just go by and just check everything in that car so you'll be prepared for the summer. Make sure you do that, all of that stuff, tires, belts, lights, your windshield. Make sure it's not dirty so you can see. So you can see out of it. 
get all of that checked out. Um, Coach, it has been a great show. I loved today's show, actually. It has been a great show. When we t- get to talk about and hash out things and, you know, get everything together when it comes down to all of this car stuff. So when you're out summer driving, where do you like to go, Coach? Do you do you like to hit the road to a certain place? Well, my wife likes the beach. I like the beach, but I like the mountains. So I really like the mountains, but really I like to go on international safaris. Just go, just check out all kinds of things international. Right, right, right. It, what's the longest road trip you've taken? The longest road trip is from uh, Boston, Massachusetts to here. Did you do one shot? One shot. One shot. Look at you, Coach. You went through the Appalachians? Went through the Appalachians, and I'm scared of bridges. Uh, let me tell you, put me that out there right too, now. I'm very coach. scared of bridges. And in Massachusetts, they had bridges. And the bad thing about it, these bridges were about a mile high in the air. I can't take it. And there was a tow booth on the middle of the bridge. Oh, you didn't got me. So <sighs> I had to stop. My hands started sweating. My hands start sweating as soon as I see a sign that says bridge ahead. If it's you, a hybrid. Coach, you ever take the Pontchartrain Expressway? And don't take no, that. I don't, I don't mind those. I don't I'm talking like about these high bridges. I don't like none the of them. The one that's going from... Ooh, coach, uh, you going, on a, you're on a bridge with no shoulders for about 30 minutes on that Pontchartrain Expressway. <laughs> I, can, I can handle that because I'm in control. It's but, flat. But well, if you I, got a flat tire, oh, no, Coach. Yeah, but when I'm climbing <laughs> a thousand feet in the air and keep climbing, I can't... And, well, then, I, and then I come straight down... You know the one going into Texas right there? I always think I'm going to run into those uh, refinery plants because right at the bottom, they're all there. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm that scared too, Coach. So. I mean, it was to the point to where I'm, I'm sweating and I'm only doing 30. Yes. It's that bad. And mine is... So are y'all fans of the Mississippi River Bridge of Vicksburg? I don't like... That's a great... That one's not bad. You know why? Because it has the, the, I'm about to call it sides, like it's got walls, but it has the the lattices kind of, and it makes you feel closed in, not like you're going to fall off the edge of the bridge. That doesn't work for me, but okay, I see what you're saying. My stomach still gets that. I'm on the inside lane, coach. I'm on the inside lane. Hey, I try to I'm get, with y'all. I'm on the inside lane. That's right. I try to get away from the edge. <laughs> on a bridge, fast lane is the outside lane. Switches around. I don't know if y'all knew that. But let me just that's tell you. That's not what, really how it works, but that's how I drive. Let it. me tell you what would happen right before I was coming home from Boston. And, you know, I'm scared of bridges. The bridge in Missouri collapsed. And my friend calls me. He says, you know, that bridge in Missouri just collapsed. And I'm driving on these big bridges up north. <laughs> That was not funny. That was not funny, Coach. That was not funny. Skip all bridges during your vacation this summer, everybody. (laughs) That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our crew engineer, Jay White, call screener, Abram Nanny. For Coach Charlie Melton, master technician, I'm Jermaine Flood, episode and podcast producer. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.